Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where we learn all about building resilience in ourselves and helping others build it too. We draw from the principles of positive psychology and coaching to help you face adversity and do more than just survive. We want you to thrive. We are certified life coaches and speech language pathologists, and we will help you manage your mind, your emotions, and become the very best version of yourself, version 2.0. Let's get started. This is Heather Stables and Leah Davidson, and this is the Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 25, Stress and Mindset. Hi, Leah. Hi, Heather. How's it going? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well today. Thank you. I heard that you had a bit of a rough week. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Yes. Yes, I did. It was my, my introduction back to Ontario. And yeah, it's been eventful. That's what I'll say. And I'm appreciating today. It's it's much better. Yesterday was interesting. And uh, we'll we'll talk about it in this episode. It's perfect stress. So 50-50 of life. 50-50. And you know, and it's a funny thing. I'm just I'm rolling with it. So what is your favorite definition of stress? My favorite definition of stress comes from Dr. Eric Gentry, who is one of our mentors and teachers who was on our podcast last week. So if you haven't checked out that episode, um, please check it out. It was episode 24, an awesome interview with Dr. Gentry. He is famous in the field of trauma, and he defines stress as stress is nothing more than a physical reaction to a perceived threat. And what I love about this is if I asked you the question, Heather, is your life stressful? You'd probably answer yes, to some degree, because if you're human with a human brain, one thing is certain stress is an unavoidable part of life. That's right. And if you asked it to me today, it'd be different than yesterday. And isn't that how it goes, right? Yeah. So before we get into the cause of stress, let's talk about the effect of stress. And I love these sentence stems. I want you to finish this. Um, Whatever comes to your mind, don't edit it, audit it, whatever. When I'm stressed, I... Oh, there's so many things I do. I eat, I cry, I get irritable. Yeah. And I think feeling frustration, irritable, as you mentioned, overwhelmed, exhausted, anxious. People wake up at like 4 a.m. in the morning. They can't sleep. Oh, I do that too. (laughs) Well, I know because you text me. (laughs) Only for things for you to to wake up to, not to interfere with your sleep. (laughs) No, but it's, it's these brilliant ideas that you have in the middle of the night that like strike you and you're like, bing having headaches, you know, and having arguments with your kids, your spouse, you know, and and not being effective at work or at home. Okay, yeah, I do all those too. (laughs) All of those things. All of these things are me. Yeah. I think we all do. And and sometimes stress can be um, used to describe things that are going on inside of us, like our thoughts, I'm never going to get this done, or how am I going to pull this off? I love that one. Or, or describe our feelings like overwhelmed, anxious, depressed. Or it can be used to describe things that are going on outside of us, like the problems that we're facing. So deadlines, relationship problems, and then just the simplistic things of life, like the chores and the renovations, things on our to-do list. Right, right. But let's return to the cause of stress, because I think that is where there's a lot of misunderstanding of it. I ask you to finish this sentence, Heather, and Uh audience. My stress is caused by, what would Hmm. you go with? Um, 
a leaking sink? <laughs> Although I know the answer is not that, but like that is what I want to say. I want to I want to give you every situation, everything I encounter in my life that is the cause of my stress. That's right. Yeah. Tell so me. Most of us think my stress is caused by my family, my work, my school, my health, my commute, money or lack of money, COVID. Those are all the things that we think about that cause our stress. But what if I were to tell you that the answer is really none of the above? Do you believe that? Yeah, I know. I do. <laughs> because these, 100%. these stressors are not the cause of your stress. And as long as you will continue to believe that these are causes of stress, we will continue to have the symptoms. Now, the reason you experience the effects of stress is because you mistakenly believe that these stressors, the things that we just named, are the source of your stress. And it seems reasonable enough to believe this based on your past learning history from your own experience, as well as the messages that we've received around stress about it being harmful to our health and something to avoid at all costs. And I think this is why this episode is so, so important because we imprison ourselves because of stress and how we mm -hmm. perceive it. So we're going to talk to you today about how to challenge your beliefs about stress. And we're going to do that by doing some cognitive restructuring. So what actually, actually causes stress? And it's a bit of an equation. So first, let's define the parts. You might there want to get out a pen and paper. <laughs> write this out <laughs> if, if you're mathy you're gonna do well <laughs> yeah, yeah. so there's the circumstances and these are the the things that happen the antecedents things that happen in the world that we don't have control over and they could be things like having a baby you know having a house a work job um, a family school and then there's past learning okay so let's use the baby we'll just roll with the baby circumstance so you know, babies cry, they eat, they sleep, they need changing. So that's past learning. There's perceived threats. Now that is what we think, like our mindset, our opinion about the circumstance, the thing that happened in the world that we can't control. That's our thought about it. So for example, this baby's never going to stop crying. All I do is feed and change. You know, I can't wait to catch up on sleep. All of those are our thoughts about the circumstance. Then there's sympathetic dominance, and that is our body's physical reaction to how we think. And that could be, think of your stress response, what happens in your body when you have stress. Does your heart race? Does your breathing rate increase? Does, do your muscles tense? And when all of these somatic symptoms are happening, our access to our prefrontal cortex actually diminishes. And so our body is getting prepared to face a challenge like to it's fight flight or, or freeze and so this equals stress so it's not really the baby isn't that something it's not the baby and that's why it... you need you need the math equation to write out because it's not really the baby it's a combination of a few factors that will bring you to stress yeah so to you know clear that up it's the circumstance, the baby, and the past learning, you know, the baby's cry, and the perceived threat, the baby will not stop crying, and then our sympathetic dominance, our heart beats faster, that is what, that's the equation of stress. And so here is where things start to get interesting. 
If you believe that it is the circumstance, the baby, or the things that happen outside of us, if that's the cause of your stress, you'll believe that you are victim to your environment until that environment changes. And of course, that's going to leave us feeling helpless and disempowered because there's nothing we can do. Yeah, because sometimes we can change the environment. Sometimes we can change the circumstance. And then we may do that and and feel like, ah, our stress feels a little bit lighter. But like you said, if we can't change the environment, if we can't change what's happening in our lives, then we will start to feel like a victim, very helpless, Mm -hmm. disempowered, hopeless, because we're just at the mercy of whatever the circumstance is. And that can create a lot of stress. Now, another amazing resource about stress is Kelly McGonigal. She wrote the book, The Upside of Stress. And I'm not sure if we've talked about that on the podcast yet, but it's, it's a great, great book. We have, I think, in, in many of our lives because we had yeah, this stress in our month. Lives. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we talked a lot about it. It's a, it's a fantastic book. And she defines stress as what arises when something you care about is at stake. Mm. So such a good definition. It really encompasses our thoughts, our feelings, our physical reactions to what we perceive as stress. And it also highlights our ability to choose how to cope with situations we perceive as stressful. So she writes that in 1998, 30,000 adults in the US were asked how much stress they had experienced in the past year. And they were also asked, do you believe that stress is harmful to your health? Now, I can guess that most people said that Mm -hmm. they were stressed and most people would say yeah it's totally harmful to your health well eight years later the researchers scoured public records to find out who among the 30,000 participants had died so here's the bad news first high levels of stress increase the risk of dying by 43 percent but she continues to write this is what got my attention That increased risk applied only to people who also believed that stress was harming their health. People who reported high levels of stress but who did not view their stress as harmful were not more likely to die. In fact, they had the lowest risk of death of anyone in the study, even lower than those who reported experiencing very little stress. So basically the participants whose attitude was that stress had no negative effect on their health, but still had high levels of stress were the very least likely to die early. That's crazy. It is crazy. I shared it in a presentation last week with a a corporate group Mm -hmm. and they were all like ready to fall off their chair. You know, it's just, yeah, it's not, it's not the stress itself. It's what you think about stress. Yeah. Cause the message is, oh, I don't have to get rid of stress. I don't have to change my entire world, my entire environment. I just have to change how I think about it. That's like mic drop. It is. It is. Stress is part of life. And when you wrap your head around that, it's just like, you know, it's like a a fifth family member. (laughs) (laughs) Or in my case, eighth family member. Oh, and here's the thing, like, how can this be? Well, the answer always, you know, you guys, I know, you know, it it lies in your brain. It's all about your mindset. So when it comes to stress, our mindset is key. When it comes to everything, our mindset is key. But simply put, mindsets are the beliefs we have that shape our reality. 
Like that's really important to wrap your head around. It really is. Like how we view the world, all the rules, unconscious, conscious, they determine our reality. And so you, how, how you think about something can determine the effect it has on you for better or worse. So McGonagall goes on to state, our stress mindset shapes everything from the emotions you feel during a stressful situation to the way you cope with stressful events. That in turn can determine whether you thrive under stress or end up burned out and depressed. So your beliefs about stress, conscious or unconscious, create your experience of it. In other words, your mindset directly impacts how you experience life. Mindset is a self-fulfilling prophecy. The result you expect is the result you get. That's right. So research has also shown that how we choose to think about our experience can actually transform what happens in our body. So for example, in McGonagall's book, she talks about results from Alia Crum's research and that showed that viewing physical labor as exercise changed the body's response to physical activity. So she did um, a study where specifically they looked at housekeepers in an experimental group that were informed in a 15 minute presentation that their work that they do every day qualifies as exercise. And four weeks later, those housekeepers showed reductions in their weight and body fat and blood pressure, as well as an increase in job satisfaction, as compared to the control group who showed none of these improvements. In other words, the housekeeper's expectations influence their result. And in a subsequent study specifically related to stress this time, Crum proved that participants' perceptions of stress altered their physical response to a stressful situation. So before a mock interview where interviewers were trained to give negative feedback, participants were randomly assigned to one of two groups. One watched a three-minute video that described how stress is enhancing, while the other group watched a three-minute video that described how stress is harmful. Results showed that cortisol levels increased for both groups. You know, that was expected. But participants in the stress is enhancing group showed a higher growth index. Now that's a ratio of DHEA to cortisol. And the, the special thing about DHEA is it helps you counter the negative effects of cortisol and helps people thrive under stress. So perceptions of stress influenced the production of stress hormones, and that increased the resilience in stressful situations. So these results are powerful in that they provide a really good example of a mindset effect. And this effect is stronger than a placebo effect because not only does it influence the present with the housekeepers, but it also influences your goals and, and future choices. So it influences your future. Yeah, so these results provide evidence to suggest that embracing stress can actually have a positive impact on our mental and physical health. Now, how do you determine what your own stress mindset is? So I want you to consider some of these statements I'm going to make. So they make up what psychologists call the stress mindset measure. Do you relate to the statements that I'm going to read in mindset one or in mindset two? And if you're in our Facebook group, the Building Resilience Club, I posted these mindsets a little while ago so you could see them a bit clearer and see which one you fit in. So make sure you're part of that group and then you can check those out. So mindset number one, this is what they believe. Experiencing stress depletes my health and vitality experiencing stress debilitates my performance and productivity experiencing stress inhibits my learning and growth 
and experiencing stress, the effects of stress are negative and should be avoided. So that's a mindset that probably a lot of people have. Now, mindset number two is this. Experiencing stress enhances my performance and productivity. Experiencing stress improves my health and vitality. Experiencing stress facilitates my learning and growth. And the effects of stress are positive and should be utilized. All right, Heather, which mindset are you? <laughs> well, I mean, I would love to say that I'm mindset too in all aspects of my life. Um, yeah. And I, I don't believe that that's true though. Yeah. We are human, so. We are human. I think a lot of us fall in the mindset. You know, to be honest, before I did this work and, and learned all about stress, I didn't really realize that there were two different mindsets that you could have and that you could choose to change your mindset and you could focus. I just assumed everybody had mindset number one. I didn't even realize mindset number two was out there. And that's the thing about mindset when we talked about our podcast about mindset is it's just the way you view the world. So you don't think you have a lens you just think mm -mm. that it's truth. And I think this is a perfect example that most of us don't realize we're wearing a certain lens about a mindset of stress, but we actually are. Yeah, no, exactly. And McGonagall, she goes on to tell us that after conducting the survey on a mass scale, results indicated that the majority of the participants agree with statements under mindset one. So and we're so, normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this means that, well, this means that they hold a negative perception of stress because it is stress is harmful. That's the mindset, right? right. And it makes a lot of sense that we have this mindset because of the messaging that we've received that stress is harmful right. over the years. And so on the other hand, regarding individuals who hold the view that stress is enhancing, so those are the statements in mindset two, McGonagall writes, they are more likely to view stressful situations as a challenge, not an overwhelming problem. They have greater confidence in their ability to cope with these challenges, and they're better able to find meaning in difficult circumstances. So mindset number two is the one that we want to work towards. Stress mindsets are really powerful because they impact not only our thoughts, but what we do, they impact our actions. So mindset number one uses avoidance of stress as a coping strategy. And so what this looks like is denying reality, like you're distracting yourself rather than dealing with the cause of stress. So this could be, you know, reaching to your phone just habitually instead of writing the report or doing all those <laughs> things that you don't want to do. And then of course, escaping stress rather than addressing it. And that can mean that's buffering. We use that term for overeating, over drinking, over Netflixing, Stopping. all of them. Yeah, all those things, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're just escaping dealing with reality. And mindset two deals proactively with stress. And so what this looks like is, well, you accept reality, you strategize on how to deal with the cause of stress. And often it's solution focused. You see that as a sign of growth, not of, you know, it's a positive thing. You take action. And you view stress as a growth opportunity. So there are so many positive outcomes associated with mindset number two, the stress is enhancing mindset. And this includes greater satisfaction with life, lower risk of depression, fewer health problems, more energy, greater productivity at work. You view stressful situations as a challenge and not an overwhelming problem, as I said. You have more confidence in your ability to cope with challenges. 
and you have improved ability to find meaning in difficult circumstances. So sign me up. I'm all in. Totally. Sounds good. (laughs) So can you see how not taking care of your mental health, like not learning how to manage your mind and not working on your mindset, like all of these things are crucial for your health. You have to do them, not just your mental health, but your physical health, as it's been shown, like the mind-body connection is so incredibly strong. And the question is then, is it possible to change our stress mindset? And again, you know, if you go back and listen to our podcast about mindset and growth mindset, we know that yes, it is possible to change your mindset. It's not something that you're just born with. And and same thing with our stress mindset. The first step is becoming aware of your mindset about stress or really anything in life. So remember, you can have a growth mindset in some areas of your life. For example, dealing with everyday stressors at home and a fixed mindset in others, dealing with deadlines at work. And um, again, I refer you to episode, I think it's episode 20 that you wanna go back to and and check out. Mm -hmm. So any mindset intervention involves really three key components is one, you've gotta know it, so you've gotta learn it. Two, you have to do it, get out (laughs) there and take action. And three, then you have to share it. And that reinforces what you're doing and what you already know. So to add a little bit of context, you want to address the knowing part of you. You can ask yourself, what is the new point of view that I want to have? When I'm trying to deal with my stress mindset, I can ask that question. What is a new point of view? What is a new mindset I want to have? Well, I could talk about what mindset I had yesterday. Why did you do that, Heather? So, as I mentioned, I recently returned to Toronto, and it's been an eventful week. I've had some kitchen sink drainage problems. For all of the plumbers out there, thank you. I have, like, a new appreciation. I've never loved washing dishes more right now. Like, I just, you know, oh, it's amazing. Anyway, I found myself in a situation that induced stress. All of the sinking or draining thoughts flooded my brain. (laughs) No puns intended. And every word in that sentence was intentional. So the thing is, though, like you have to remember that when you're in the middle of stress, it's completely normal for emotions to take over. Access to our, our rational brain, it shuts off. In my situation, it wasn't about thinking at all. As it turns out, it was about feeling panicked and reacting quickly. And that happened and I allowed it. Like that is what I wanted to do. And then when like the severity of the emotion subsided, I backtracked, like I connected with my thoughts and and was able to put it all into perspective. You know, I rationalized. And then with a little bit of distance, I was like, wow, I'm grateful to have water. As I said, I'm grateful to do my dishes. Like this was... (laughs) you know, a threat, a perceived threat. I thought about the worst case scenario. It could have caused damage. And the reality is it didn't. And when you're calm and your brain comes back online, it can really moderate your go-to stress response. And so this is the time to ask, how do I want to think about this? And an intentional thought in that moment was like, it's stressful right now. And that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. So the second part, like we said, is doing it. So you came up, you knew it, you you were aware of all these thoughts. Well, now you've got to do something. So you have your new thought or your new mindset and you need to apply it. Now it's about bringing that it's stressful right now and that's okay 
to the next plumbing situation. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I hope you don't have one soon, but that's what it is, right? The next time yeah. you come up with a situation, you bring the new mindset with it. And then yeah. it extends beyond that. So say your car shuts down on the highway and you're able to say, yes, it's stressful, but that's okay. Or whatever technological things happen, you can immediately think, okay, this is stressful and this is happening for me. I'm okay with this. So you start applying what you know. And this process is really choosing to believe something different and doing something different. And that's exactly what builds resilience. Yeah. And so the final step is sharing your story. When you say it out loud, you make it real for you and everyone else. As Leah said, like you reinforce all of the actions that you take and the knowledge that you have. Sharing what you believe to be true about stress can influence you and everyone around you. It's very powerful. Simply put, people have stress and it could be plumbing. It could be anything. We will always have stress and how you respond to it is optional. And being mindful about how you respond to stress is a choice. So that's what we have for you today. Stress is the reaction to a perceived threat. It is not caused by circumstances in our life. Rather, it's caused by our thoughts about those circumstances. How we choose to think about stress is key. We can have a stress enhancing or a stress is harmful mindset. And we can work on developing our mindset. The three key components to changing our mindset is know it, do it, share it. Well, we have some more episodes coming up that are devoted to stress because it's such an important topic and such a relevant topic. But for now, this week, see if you can become aware of what your stress mindset is and see if you can shift it to one that is more enhancing. And as usual, join us at the Building Resilience Club, our Facebook group, and we go live every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, and we talk more all about the podcast. We'd love to see you there. Have a great week, everybody. Mm -hmm.